0: and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile podcast, episode 157. Fertility, a whole health approach with Dr. Larry Pilevsky, MD. Hey loves, oh man, I am so excited to be sharing this week's episode with you. If you are someone who appreciates a whole health approach to health and fertility, you are in for a treat. Having lived this journey for seven long years myself, having gone through many different experiences with allopathic alternative medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, faith healing, and just about every modality that made sense to me and some that didn't, I've come to really admire and appreciate approaches that are aware of quote-unquote conventional wisdom but aren't confined by it and certainly don't worship it. By most accounts and measures, and most certainly according to the statistics, I should not have had my son at 43 and a half, especially not when I had failed for so long with treatment. This is exactly why as critical thinkers, we should never take statistics someone's opinion, or past failure to determine what we believe about ourselves and what's possible. Yes, certainly consider facts carefully, consider the source and their bias. But most importantly, search your own heart for truth. Nobody knows you as well as you do. My loves, this is precisely why I wanted to introduce you to physician, thinker, and change maker, Dr. Larry Pilevsky, M.D., from the first time I heard Doctor Palevsky speak, I was really taken by the love he has for his patients, his humility, and his holistic approach to wellness. I also thought his views on fertility would be fascinating for all of us because, as a pediatrician, he gets to see the end result of all of our efforts. He cares for children from birth, so you bet he has something to say about their conception. Doctor Palevsky is a New York State licensed pediatrician who utilizes a holistic approach to children's wellness and illness. Dr. Pilevsky received his medical degree from the NYU School of Medicine in 1987, completed a three-year pediatric residency at the Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City in 1990, and served as a pediatric fellow in the ambulatory care outpatient department at the Bellevue Hospital, also in New York City. Since 1991, his clinical experience includes working in pediatric emergency and intensive care medicine, inpatient and outpatient pediatric medicine, neonatal intensive care medicine, newborn and delivery room medicine, and conventional holistic and integrative pediatric private practice. Dr. Bolevsky is also a diplomat of the American Board of Integrative Holistic Medicine and a past president of the American Holistic Medical Association. And just in case you needed any more information about his qualifications, he received his pediatric board certification in 1990 and passed his pediatric board recertifications in 1997, 2004, and 2011. In his current pediatric practice, Dr. Polevsky not only sees patients, he additionally teaches holistic and integrative pediatric and adolescent medicine to parents and medical and allied health professionals, both nationally and internationally. Dr. Pilevsky is an all-around fantastic guy and handsome devil with a big heart and a giant commitment to whole truth, empowering each of us to exercise our internal wisdom and God-given liberty to take responsibility for our health. Now, my loves, as with any expert I share with you, keep your heart and mind open. That's what intelligent people do. What Dr. Pilevsky shares here are his opinions and ideas. They're not medical advice. Do your own research and think for yourself. The more you do that, the more confident and informed you will be. Isn't that kind of the point? With that being said, it is my great honor to share my conversation with Dr. Larry Pilevsky. Dr. Pilevsky, if you wouldn't mind telling the Fearlessly Fertile audience a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: So uh, thank you for inviting me for this podcast interview. Uh, It's great to be here and to get to meet you and to meet your audience. I am a New Yorker by trade, by heart, by birth, and uh, I was um, graduated at NYU School of Medicine in 1987. Did a three year pediatric residency in 1987 to 90. Did one year of pediatric ambulatory care fellowship, which is an outpatient department at NYU Bellevue Hospital from 1990 to 91. I spent the next nine years working in a pediatric emergency room. I ran a pediatric intensive care unit, I worked in a neonatal intensive care unit, I went to high risk deliveries, covered the inpatient ward, taught medical students and residents, had my own outpatient clinic, covered a private practice on weekends, and slowly but surely started building what became a holistic integrative pediatric medicine practice where I've been in the current practice at the Northport Wellness Center for the last 16 and a half years, since February of 05. And uh, I do well baby checkups. I teach parents about nutrition, about development. I teach them about the spirit of the child, parenting, uh, how to understand their children better, talk to their children differently, uh, understand the spirit, the consciousness of who these kids are. I talk to parents about nutrition and sleep and safe ways to deal with teething and Uh, falls and acute illnesses and symptoms. I work with children who have chronic illness, most often due to uh, vaccine injury or toxicity from other exposures. And uh, I talk to parents about consciousness, about raising your awareness about healing and doing your own inner work so you can actually work with children. And uh, that's it for now.
0: and your background and what you do in the world is why i thought it was such a gift to have you speak to this audience this global audience because so many women come to me regardless of education completely uh, powerless when they're either struggling with fertility or beginning to think about conception and because you see the end product you know as the as a newborn baby you know and and see that child through their their development, I thought it would be great to get your perspective really on how women today can start thinking critically about their health and critically about the the medical system that we're in right now
1: because it's, there's so much fear. Well, I'm going to answer that in, in the following way. I work with families looking on the body level, the mind level, and the spirit level. <clears throat> so if I see a complaint or an issue. I'm going to look at as many of those levels as possible to understand what's creating the patterns that are leading to the development of those symptoms. So if we're dealing with the issue of fertility, there are going to be families that go to the mainstream medical doctor and take all the drugs, pump in all the hormones and do all the extractions and we'll do IVF, they'll do IUI, they'll stand on their heads if they have to, which I completely understand, in order to, for them to have a child. But when I look at this subject, my first question is, so if you're really talking about critical thinking, is what may be on a body, mind, or spirit level that is reducing my opportunity to be fertile? Well. Wow. Right? And so what does fertile mean? Right? So fertile, fertile to me means how am I prepared to create the soil, the ground, the earth that's going to welcome in a new spirit. Because that's what a baby is. A baby is a, a new spirit in the manifestation of a physical body. And so if we're going to look on the body level well, what's unfertile about the combination of that sperm and that egg? Assuming that we know that the sperm is working and we know that the eggs are ovulating, we're going to look at what's creating that environment that's not welcoming to growth, development, and spirit moving forward. And so from a body level, I have found that inflammation is probably one of the biggest triggers. You know, you see a lot of women will have endometriosis and men will have inflammatory issues in their testicles or in their, in their spermatic cords. But I want to know why is the, why is the womb environment not fertile? And so on a body level, I'm looking at inflammation. And so in many instances, you know, if women, women get rid of fibroids, Or if they get rid of uh, endometriosis, sometimes they get pregnant really easily. But there are other subtle ways for inflammation to happen. And because we know that when there's inflammation in the body, growth and development slow down. So when I see kids who have chronic illness and they're filled with inflammation, many times their growth and development is slowing. And if we remove the foods or environmental factors that are contributing to the inflammation, I'll see them grow really quickly, really fast. Because your growth and development is already programmed inside of you to move forward. But if there's a boulder in the way, you're not going to move forward in the way that you need to. So if you're good at critically thinking to try to understand, well, what's in the way? And you learn to be conscious about it and remove it or work at removing it you might be able to open that pathway to your fertility. So in my experience, because I've actually worked with families, even though it's not my job to work on fertility, I have worked with families and often very subtle food sensitivities can bring on inflammation. And you never know where the inflammation is going to manifest in the body. And for a number of families, it may manifest in the reproductive organs. And so the most common food sensitivities that may not present as allergies, which are hives and and wheezing and coughing and anaphylaxis, are dairy, gluten, sugar, flour products, dyes, preservatives, additives, food colorings, fried foods, genetically modified foods, pesticides, herbicides... So I've seen parents or willing parents-to-be change their diet. Some of them lose weight because obesity and, and overweight brings on a very high level of inflammation, whether we like to believe it or not. And I've seen them get pregnant. And it really means that we're not necessarily looking for the doctor to give us the answer. But we're actually empowering ourselves to make important changes to prepare fertile environments for an opportunity for an egg and a sperm to come together and implant in the uterus. On the mind level, I mean, I've actually seen relationships that were just not correct. Like you have a man and a woman who are together and it's really not uh, an emotionally connected and conscious and beautiful relationship. And so there's a very good reason that dynamic is not going to get pregnant. Now, are you willing to look at that? And, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, Rosanna. I'm going to get killed for this. <laughs> no, no, you're not. This is the exact place you okay. want to be for this. But the natural inclination for a woman is to reproduce. And sometimes that urge to reproduce is so great that the relationship doesn't meet that necessary spiritual environment that's going to say, this is a place for a new spirit to come through.
0: Amen, Dr. Pilevsky. I have seen it in my coaching practice. I wrote my second book on that. Like, it, yeah, that's absolutely.
1: Right. What I've seen. So, so I look at, that's the level of the spirit where you have to look at. And, you know, you look at the relationship and you wonder how well this connection is built to bring a new spirit into the world. And how well is it willing to work at the relationship and the connection? And then the emotional piece, you know, you're looking at fears and longings. I mean, when I, when I give a talk on nurturing the spirit of the child, one of the first questions I ask in the lecture is, why do people have children? And the answers I've gotten are really interesting, Roseanne. I bet. <laughs> and the most common answer, which if people are really being honest, is, I want to love someone. I want someone to love me. I'm just keeping up with the Joneses. It's what everyone does, right? I want to, I want to be like everybody else, right? And, you know, I see all these answers and, and ne- I never get to the answer that I think is the reason to have a kid besides, you know, propagating those species and, you know, right? you know, <laughs> all the wild kingdom reasons to do it, right? Right. right. Oh, my parents want to be grandparents, Right. To me, the real reason to bring a child into the world is to want to nurture and guide a spirit to come into the world and for you to care for that spirit to be the best human being he or she can be. To nurture and to guide and to bring into the world this empowered this strong, this vibrant individual who's going to go into the world and live an individualized life and a self-realized life. And, you know, when I say that, parents look at me and go, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But because there's so much that's attached to I want to have a child that would actually make it really difficult for a spirit to actually have room to breathe. Because, you know, you, if you're like, and I, here's my example. I have to make it personal. My mother lost a baby before I was born. He died in, this, in June at six months. I was conceived in November of that year, five months later. He died of crib death. He had Down syndrome. So in utero, I was a fetus who had all of this emotional pressure put on me of all the things that I was going to have to do because of the loss of my brother and all the things that I was supposed to be because of the loss of my brother. And because of who I am, I was very in tune to this weight as a very small child and i knew when i watched the way my mother parented me that i was a replacement that i was supposed to be all of this saving and happiness out of her grief for the loss of a baby and i knew it i knew it physiologically and so when i was 15 and and my mother and father were arguing about me And my mother said, what do you want? I've already lost one child. I don't want to lose another. It was sort of this aha moment for me. Like, oh yeah, I've known that for 15 years. Thank you for saying it. Because I've known it. And so I know that when women get pregnant or want to get pregnant, there's all of this pressure that they put on the baby and who that baby's supposed to be. And what they want this baby to be, and what they want from this baby. And so I beg parents to really do the inner work when you're having trouble giving birth or getting pregnant, to really look inside and try to identify how much space you're giving for this new spirit and how much weight. And how much pressure and how much longing and need you have on this creature to do things that are not his or her responsibility. And, you know, lucky for me, I had enough consciousness throughout my life to begin healing that bombardment of emotional pressure. And it's actually helped feed my ability to understand this and teach it through my own struggle, when I look at parents today and I look at a mother who who brings a child into my office and I see the difficulty they're having parenting this spirit because they're crowding the spirit's growth, and I'll say, listen, you have an umbilical cord that goes from your body to the center of the earth. That will never go away, ever. Your job, though, is to learn to do a dance with it. So, that it doesn't wrap around your feet and trip you up, and doesn't wrap around your kid's neck and choke him or her. Because you're never gonna stop that mommy ever. And there's no way to get around that. That's a given. And we have to admit that's a given. But we also have to be conscious about how burdening that could be if it goes too far. And so, A mother and a father have to do their inner work about their longing and their need and all the pressure they're putting on that pregnancy so as not to burden this child with saving their lives. And I think that's a big piece. I don't think it's the only piece. Men have varicoceles, so that's going to be a problem. You know, women have fibroids and they have endometriosis. That's going to be a problem. Or a woman had an ectopic and one of the fallopian tubes isn't working. And, you know, they're all different issues. But from the spirit level, that's where I like to go because that spirit needs room to be and have the space to be his or her own new person. Because that spirit is not there to save your life, that spirit is there for you to nurture and guide and allow for a strong individualized self-realized beautiful spirit to go off and live his or her life and his or her destiny and you get the treat you get the treat and the blessing to be able to participate in that process and so when i talk to parents about parenting what i say is that you are not on the road of your child's life You are the guardrail. You are there to guide the child's road as the child is exploring and identifying and figuring out and struggling and identifying and learning. And if you get on the road, you're going to crash because you don't belong on the road. You belong as the guide rail. You're steering the life as the child stumbles and falls into a pothole and, you know, scrapes the knee and, you know, runs really well. And then times that the child's going to fall over the guardrail because they do. And you're going to pick the child up by the neck and put them back (laughs) on the road and say, okay, now continue, but you're going to keep guiding. But when I, when I heard a mother years ago, when I was trying to work with her say to me, Well, I don't want my child to feel bad. I knew that I was in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, I don't want my child to feel sad. And so I've been watching parents try to take away 50% of life's emotion so that children don't have to experience the bad things they experience. Well, that's you're on the road. Get off the road. And so, again, when we're looking from the spirit level, we want to be able to do our own inner work about what we need to heal for ourselves so that we actually create space for this new life to come in.
0: I think that's huge, Dr. Pilevsky. And if I haven't told you in the past 10 minutes, I freaking love you, because I'm not sure if I've ever heard anyone articulate it in that exact way, because... Having lived this journey myself, what you're saying is absolutely correct. I was crushing my son's spirit with all of my expectations, all of my judgments, all of my fear for what my personal self worth was going to be if I didn't produce a child. And when I finally did the inner work and started teaching other women how to do the inner work, I beat the odds. The ladies I work with beat the odds. It's incredible. So, and I think that we live in this. Weird culture where we just go to medicine and say, Fix me. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't really want to get involved. You know, this, I love it because last night on the on a call with the uh, five docs, you talked about if you were going to write a book, it would be called The Neck Exists. And I love that because we see, okay, we just hand our body over to medicine, do what you need to do, you know, clean up this mess. But there is a lack of personal accountability. I think, in a lot of ways for looking at exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's not just fix my body. You have to be thinking about the mind, the spirit, you know, all of these things. you got to cover your bases.
1: Right. Well, remember that we live in a society of worship, of false gods and false idols. We live in a society where we, you know, look at the medical profession as God. And there's a tendency in the systems of our culture to use the words, save me, rescue me, fix me, and I don't have to participate. I don't have to do anything, right? And so that model, I think, is dying. Because if you're looking at the medical profession and saying, save me, Rescue me, fix me. Aren't you also doing that to the unborn child who you're trying to conceive? Save me, fix me, rescue me. And so, if we change the model of okay, doc, we're a team, I'm working with a naturopath, I'm working with a homeopath, I'm working with an acupuncturist, I'm working with an herbalist. I'm working with a holistic physician. I'm working with a massage therapist. I have a spirit guide teacher. I have a therapist. My husband and I are this. My wife and I are this. Oh, wow. Then the doctor becomes part of the team and you're driving the car rather than sitting there going, save me, fix me. What do I have to do? Because In my experience, I want to see energetically stronger kids who can withstand the pressures of life and not be so weak. This is what we have to look at. We have to look at what are the obstacles? What's the inflammation? What's in the way on a body, mind, and spirit level that's preventing the fertile grounds? After you've made sure that the sperm can swim, and after you've made sure that the eggs are ovulating and after you've made sure that the you know the fallopian tubes are open, open and there's no endometriosis and the the fibroids aren't in the way this is the work that needs to be done
0: yeah i mean i think that's that's such an interesting observation and you know a lot of the women that i come into contact from all over the world on this subject you know they're completely paralyzed at times with fear because they have statistics thrown at them they're being told they're too old you know there's a lot of really mixed messages and it would be great to hear from you about you know how do we begin to think critically on this journey and and frankly in any interaction we have right. with medicine
1: well again if a doctor says to you you have 5 years to live and that's all you live then you know, you just took the word of the doctor. But if the doctor says to you, uh, you have five years to live and you live for 35, chances are there's something else going on than the word of the doctor, right? And so again, it's, it's how much are you willing to give up your authority, your accountability and your responsibility to the savior, the rescuer, the fixer? Versus doing the inner work and the body, mind, and spirit work, the diet work, the changing to organic foods, the using proper skincare products that aren't full of lead and, and toxins, changing your sunscreen, changing your detergent, you know, no offense, but not dyeing your hair. <laughs> no, Dr. Palevsky. <laughs> well, but those toxins are real. Oh yeah, totally. You know, if you really want to get pregnant, you can't load up your toxin load. You you can't, it's not going to work, right? Because toxins will bring on inflammation. And so if you're willing to do all that, change your diet, you know, clean up your environment, reduce mold exposure, get rid of glyphosate, stop eating genetically modified organisms. Reduce your medications that you're taking if you can, right? Increase antioxidants, earth, ground, go in the sun, get your feet in the ground, lose weight, exercise, get better sleep, work on your relationship with yourself, with your spouses. You don't need the doctor to get pregnant. You really don't. I mean, I know so many women in my practice. Who all of a sudden got pregnant, <laughs> you know, who couldn't, right? And you know, there's no way to know why. Right? Right. You know, right. some would say, well, uh, after a while the medications probably helped and you know, it's a cold. Okay, but when a spirit is ready to come in, spirit will come in. And we know that. I mean, I saw a family the other day, the mother gave birth at 48. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean. You know, and this idea that a woman over thirty-five is high risk is absolutely ludicrous. That somehow her body is um, is old, and you know something bad is going to happen. You know, it puts the the fear of of so much into their bodies. How could you How could you nurture a beautiful fetus that's going to come into the world? But you know, as as a couple, I think it's important that you. Listen to what the doctor has to say, but not be limited by what the doctor has to say. Build your team.
0: Right. Build right. Your team. right in my world, we call that your bump squad and, and get everybody you know on board and really be looking for people on that squad that believe in you. Right. And aren't just going to spew statistics right. at you that
1: may or may not apply. Right. Because you know. If you believe that miracles happen, they do, right? Because we know that couples get pregnant. Like, how did that happen, right? We weren't trying. Well, yeah, but you were. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, unless you have a story of immaculate conception that I'm not aware of. Right. You were, right? Are, are you having sexual relations that are really loving? Are you providing an environment for your spouse to have really nurturing, loving, beautiful intercourse, right? Because again, it's important that you're not just doing the act, you know, which is another thing, like, hurry up, it's it's nine o'clock, I'm ovulating, we got to do it now, you know, like, (laughs) oh my god, you know, what's the receptivity in that environment? So again, the, the The medical piece is not to be ignored. Yes, there are statistics, but you know, things happen. Pregnancies happen at the most like, huh? Times. And again, that requires a little bit more uh, accountability, a little bit more responsibility, a little bit more self-empowerment, and a little bit more learning, growth, and development of yourself and and not to say oh there's something wrong with me cuz i can't get pregnant no this is an opportunity to really look at yourself and improve it's an opportunity to say okay I, I i don't know what's wrong but i want to really work on this i want to see what i can do to better my health and you know years ago about 16 years ago i had a couple come to me and say we're thinking of getting pregnant what do you think we should do before we get pregnant? And I went through top to bottom get out your mercury amalgams, get, get them out. Get them out. It, it's a constant flurrying of, of mercury into your bloodstream. Mercury is a toxin, going to create inflammation. Here's what I would recommend you doing about skincare products makeup, deodorants, get rid of aluminum deodorants right? Detergents, cleaning solutions, right? Watch your flame retardants, air purifiers, dehumidifiers, out in nature, eat organic. Be mindful of these foods that can increase inflammation subtly that a lot of people may not be aware of. And again, dairy gluten, and I mentioned the others, eggs also sometimes come up as as a possibility. Nuts, soy, You know, exercise, increase your vitamin D, increase your vitamin C, get into the sun, walk on the beach, walk on the grass, take time off, exercise, meditate, right? Spend time together, grow your relationship, nurture each other, love each other, bathe each other, right? Massage each other, right? Really connect. You know, it's not just about sex. It's about love. It's about connection. Create an environment that really, really shows the vulnerability. You know, be able to lean into each other and and cry and, and share each other's fears and share each other's uh, worries and longings. Be willing to be vulnerable is so important. You know, we don't provide an environment for people to be vulnerable especially men you know because men want to be able to provide they want to be able to you know do it and get it done and you know yeah i'm going to be a dad and you know that's important i mean it's part of the species survival i mean it it may be funny but it's real oh totally and so you know we want we want to be able to nurture the man too and you know what does the man need and What's gonna what what's his vulnerability? What's his fear? What is he worried about? Right? Is is he is he having doubts? What's his self-esteem doing? Is he feeling like he can't provide something for his spouse? You know, these are important things. We talk a lot about getting pregnant and we focus on the women, but what about the guys? Oh, completely. Yeah,
0: you know, it's so it's so interesting, Dr. P, that' You know, we, what you're describing sounds like a beautiful life, Mm. you know, really being connected, eating well, you know, being out in nature, but we're so disconnected from that. You know, we, it, we just, you know, there's so much fear porn out there and, and just so much information trying to get people to disconnect from what they know in their heart is true because what you were describing, that's
1: what everybody wants. That's, That's fertility. Yeah, what, what, what you're describing, the disconnection from all of that is the inflammation, right? We're not in our center. We're not in our truth. We're not in our spirits. We're not connected to our hearts. We're not connected to what's in our best interests. And so the more you connect to your best interests, the more you connect to your, your truth, the more you connect to your inner destiny. Well, that's fertility, right? And whether it's on your diet level or your, your environment level, your home level, I mean, if your house is cluttered, well, where's there room for a baby to come in, right? If you're busy, your schedule is just nonstop, well, where are you open to something new coming in, right? So there are all these things about coming back to your center. Because we know that we're always thrown off our center. I mean, life will do that. But our job is not to fret and frown and self-deprecate that we went off our center. Our job is to recognize it and then say, all right, here we go. <laughs> Time to come back. That was a detour. Oh, my God. That was two weeks of blank, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but, but that's life. We're supposed to go off our center because it's a reminder of how we need to go back to our center. And so again, it all boils down to fertility. How are you creating fertility on every level of your being, body, mind, and spirit connection? You brought the word disconnection up. You can not have fertility if you're disconnected from truth. If you're disconnected from nature, if you're disconnected from your heart if you're disconnected from your spouse, if you disconnect from what's in your best interest, how can you get what you want? Like when I work with families who, when I bring the truth to them and they say, I know, I know, I know. I say to them, do you understand that when you tell your spirit, you know, you're doing something bad against yourself, but you're doing it anyway? How do you think your spirit's going to respond? How do you think your body is going to respond? Now, if you're doing something and you don't know it's bad for you, that's one thing, right? But if you're like, I know I shouldn't eat that, but I really want it, but it's creating a lot of inflammation in your body. Yeah, but I have to have it. Okay. But then you can't have that, which is in your truth that you really want, It's just the way it works. I mean, I'm not the bearer of the bad news. It's just the way it works. Right. So, yeah, it it is about connection. And, uh, you know, the outside world for a long time has been and is a great, great detractor from us getting to our truth and getting to our higher power, higher knowing. And again, as long as you abdicate to another authority in human form. Mm. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting, Dr. P, because there's a lot, a lot of the women that I speak to, you know, people just feel off these days. And over the past 18 months, there's just been this bizarre, like, I don't know what to call it, but there's just this very strange set of circumstances over the past 18 months or whatever it is that have really caused people to go into more fear than they've ever been in, you know, feel even more disconnected. And it, it's just, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Oh my. Yeah. Too many. So fear is a great way to control a population. And what happens when you are afraid, but choose to stay afraid is you will increase your level of adrenaline. You will increase your level of inflammation. You will stay in more of a fight or flight response to the world. And you will decrease higher brain function. And so it's just a physiological fact. The thing that's missing is people's willingness to take back their authority and create enough knowledge and information through their process to really know whether the fear is real or the fear is not. And so, or whether the fear is so real that you stay in it, or whether the fear is so not real that you still stay in it. We are being made to be afraid at a time in the world when there's information and valuable information that says, the fear is not as warranted as they're making it out to be. And so if you're someone who cannot work through the fear, who cannot get past one information source to actually diversify and expand information in your system, then you'll stay in fear, right? But if someone said to me, oh, you have to get the COVID vaccine, and I said, yeah, you're right, I have to, because I have to do my duty, I have to, I have to be part of society and, and, and step up and, and contribute, and I would say, you're probably in fear. But if someone said to me, you have to get the COVID vaccine, and I said, tell me why, I'm already starting to get out of fear. I'm already bridging the gap from fear to knowledge, fear to expanded thinking, through the process of navigating information highways. Really, tell me why. Well, do you think this is really a vaccine? Well, why would I ask that? Well, you know, I'm not sure if this is really a vaccine. Well, why would you think they wouldn't give you a vaccine? Well, because I'm concerned that This is not really a vaccine. And so those dialogues are not happening. And the only way they can happen is if you're willing to come out of fear. And the only way you can come out of fear is if you're willing to be uncertain. Mm. And if you're willing to be in an unknown space. And lastly, if you're willing to be curious.
0: I love that. Because ultimately what you're talking about is if... If people are in such abject terror, they are not able to discern and and they're not even questioning the premise, which is the essence of critical thinking, right? Is to question the premise. Just, you know, like, and I think this is such a, a great thing for us to be touching on because when I was on my own fertility journey, I just did what people told me. I just did it. You know, I had a law degree. You know, and I never even questioned it. I didn't even stop. Like if somebody told me, oh, you, you know, take this injection for this number. I just did it. Right. You know, and there wasn't that, there was just fear. There wasn't curiosity. There was fear.
1: Right. So, so those are the three things. When I teach parents about child development, those are the, actually, I'm going to step back. When I teach parents about being a new parent, the first three things I say to them, is in order for you to accept your role as a new parent you need to do the following you need to be curious you need to be okay with being uncertain and you need to be okay with not knowing because if you get stuck in certainty or i know or no curiosity at all you're going to have a tough time with a newborn oh yeah because let me tell you something. There's no handbook here. Right? You have to be willing to go, "Huh? What was that cry about? That cry is different than that cry. I usually feed him when that cry, but I don't know what that cry is. Hmm, let me figure it out." That's being able to deal with uncertainty, unknown and curiosity. Right? But if you run to the book and say, "What is this? It's got to be something. The kid's crying over there." and you're still looking in the book but the kid's crying over there you're not connecting to the kid right you're not holding the kid and saying all right little guy i have no freaking clue what's wrong here so let's try and figure it out but if you're in this place of i have to know i'm not curious and i must be certain of something well you're going to lose out and your your kid's going to keep crying similarly when an infant becomes a toddler And a toddler walks into a new room, never been in before. Curiosity, unknown, uncertainty. That child doesn't stand at the door and say, hmm, am I going to be okay in here? Is this going to hurt? Am I going to have something fun? What if I don't like it in here? What if I don't find something to play with? Nope. The kid just goes. So the infant to toddler stage is one of great curiosity and great unknown and great uncertainty. And of course, our job is to be the guardrail to make it safe, but our job is to allow the road to be uncertain and unknown and curious so that the child has experiences. That stage of development must go forward to adulthood. We must, and we're not. We're forgetting it. It is a Pivotal piece of child development that we must allow our kids to do. And you can't do that if you're worried that your kid will feel bad, right? But we must re engage that level of our child development for us to get out of our fear. We have to deal with curiosity. We have to deal with uncertainty, which is the biggest part of those three. And we have to deal with the unknown. And we have to be willing to observe something different than what we were entrenched with when we were in in fear. So, So I know in the bottom of my heart that this injection is not a vaccine. I know it. I've studied it. I understand it. I can explain it for hours. But someone who completely believes in the word of them, which they equate to God, because hashtag they would never do anything to harm us is not going to engage in the possibility that they don't know what they're talking about, that there is more to be curious about and that there's not much certainty in what they are saying about this shot.
0: Well, and Dr. P, like since when was having intellectual curiosity, conspiracy theory, right? Because the minute you start
1: questioning. When the powers that be created a tyrannical country and world, rather than a free society. And so being that I've been alive almost six decades, I remember how important debate, discussion, dialogue really were. And I've watched it completely dwindle, so that you are no longer allowed to ask a question You're no longer allowed to say something different. You are now having to agree because they said so. And if that's okay, well, then you're part of the problem. Because your certainty and your curiosity, uh, well, your certainty is, is cemented and your curiosity is absent because you're too afraid not of what they're telling you. You're too afraid of realizing that you've been duped, that you've been lied to, (laughs) that you have been snickered, you have been taken advantage of, and we're going to see what that looks like in the next coming months and years. And this certainty that the authority would never do anything to harm us and would only tell us the truth. And they should squelch any other opinion because they're right because I haven't done any research on it, but I just trust that they're right. And so you see the parallels with fertility and, you know, some, you know, saying to the doctor, doctor's God and the parallel to this, you know, the authority must know, cause I don't know anything. I couldn't possibly understand this. Yeah. We're, we're coming out of a very, uh, very tyrannical state and, uh, I have no idea. I'm curious. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of uncertainty about yep. where this is all headed. And certainly for couples that are wanting to get pregnant at this time, it would make sense to me why they wouldn't be able to, because this is a high adrenaline, high inflammatory environment. So it's not necessarily conducive. Unless you're living somewhere in the woods somewhere where you, you, you turn off the TV, which is an idiot box as far as I'm concerned because they just dump I, I say they they that the the people who are listening to the TV have uh, are swallowing everything without a gag reflex <laughs> because it's just it's just going down and you know there, there's no rejection of it at all. There's no questioning it's just gulp, gulp 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 and you you're choking but you don't know it. It's just getting shoved down your throat. So yeah get off mainstream media and you may actually start to realize that uh, there's much more going on.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's such a, you know, and no matter where somebody lands, okay, ultimately we all have free will, right? But this very basic thing of asking questions and critically thinking, like that's one of my, you know, prayers every single morning is please get people back to a point where, You know there is that sovereignty. There is that just basic questioning, right? Of you know what's right for me. Because like even when people are looking at fertility treatments, you have to ask, does that sound right for me? Like you don't have to have gone to medical school to feel it within your heart as to whether or not something
1: feels true. Right. But when you're afraid or you're running on fight or flight, your intuitive knowledge base and your experiential knowledge base are wiped out. And all your knowledge will come from what's dumped into your brain. Right. And so if I had to add anything to what I've said earlier about the fertility issue is start using your intuition. Tap in. Does this feel right? Start learning on the, on the, on the job. Have experiences rather than just let the information dump into you and just take it because it's being told to you. I often say that the worst question is the one not asked.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say to women in closing, like that are, what are maybe some of the top three or whatever number you see fit, most critical things that need to be on the top of their mind right
1: now? In regards to which- Fertility
0: so- and their health.
1: Well, not just women. Right. Right couples, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the idea is that um, if we're looking at the body, we need to make sure that we're putting the right, the, the optimal material into and on the body. So readdress what's going in your mouth, readdress when you're eating it, how you're eating it, where you're sourcing it from, whether it's organic or not, whether it's processed or not. Readdress what you're putting on your skin, on your hair, under your arms, detergents, materials that you use in the house, cleaning solutions. Readdress the air that you're breathing, the health of the air, quality of the air, the environment of the air. Readdress how much you're overloading your nervous system, how much are you being fed and feeding yourself and overfeeding yourself, overstimulating yourself, especially in regards to information, emotions, reactivity, fear. And then on the other levels, create space, create time, create quiet, create introspection, go out in nature, create a, a loving environment, a connected environment, a conscious environment, one in which you're willing to be brought to your knees and be vulnerable and be okay with not knowing and, um, with your, especially with your partner and, uh, open up to the unknown, the uncertainty and uh, the curiosity. And remember, remember to do your own inner work. Remember that your, your longing and your desire and your need may be greater than what will allow space for that new spirit to come in.
0: Beautifully said, beautifully said. And Dr. Palevsky, what's the best way for women to check your workout and follow where you're speaking and, and all the good stuff that you're up to?
1: Okay. So uh, I have a website, Dr. Pilevsky, drpilevsky.com. You can also find me through northportwellnesscenter.com. I still have an Instagram account at dr.palevsky. I have a Telegram channel, Dr. Palevsky. I think I'm on Rumble and Odyssey and BitChute and some of the Miwi. I think. I'm on Mm -hmm. Facebook. I have a newsletter through my website that comes out at the end of every month. Uh, There are tons of podcasts that I've done, interviews, uh, articles that I've posted, things that I've said all over the place. And I also do a weekly webinar with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny called Critically Thinking with Dr. T and Dr. P. It's every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time or Eastern Standard Time, depending on what time of year it is. And uh, once a month, we do an episode of the five docs, which is me, Dr. Tenpenny, Dr. Carrie Madday, Dr. Christiane Northrup, and Dr. Lee Merritt. Hosted and, and moderated by Maureen McDonnell, who's uh, head of MAM, Millions Against Medical Mandates, M A M M dot org. And uh, I'm still in clinical practice. Uh, I still give, uh, still working with families on the ground. And uh, I think that's about it.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. P, for all of the amazing work you're doing. Thank you for the blessing of being able to spend time with you today. And we're all just so grateful for the brave work that you're out there doing. All
1: right. Thank you, Roseanne. Appreciate
0: it. This is fun. Hey, loves. I hope you got so much out of this thought provoking, rich, and deep conversation with Dr. Larry Pilevsky. He brings so much context, experience, and thought to the subject of fertility, really empowering us and encouraging us to use our discernment, use our intuition, and to approach our fertility in a whole health, whole truth way, mind, body, and spirit. So love, now is the time to really think about your approach to your journey. Is it whole? If you aren't getting the result that you want, are you taking into account how your mind and body work together? Have you taken the approach of just fix me with your bump squad, or are you being the woman who is consciously creating her success by leveraging the power of the mind-body connection? If not, sister, I can help. And as of this recording, it has come to my attention that since the beginning of the year, January 1st, 2022, 12, an entire dozen, count them, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 women in the fearlessly fertile community have gotten pregnant. That's 12 women in less than two months. The results speak for themselves. When you bring the power of the mind-body connection to the table on your fertility journey, anything is possible. And if you want my help, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body. So you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. I work with women who are committed to success. To apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.fromabytobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodologies help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results